Due to the graphic nature of this cult's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of abuse, bigotry, and sexual assault involving a child that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Sixty-five-year-old Judy Knight stood on stage at the Ramtha School of Enlightenment in March of 2011. The woman whose followers affectionately referred to her as Jay-Z wore a billowing black robe. Her signature blonde locks were tied back in a ponytail. Hundreds of Jay-Z's loyal adherents watched intently as she channeled Ramtha, a 35,000-year-old Lemurian warrior from the mythical island of Atlantis. Those in attendance had likely paid over $1,000 to attend the exclusive wine ceremony and hear Rampa speak from Jay-Z's lips. They hoped to be empowered through words of encouragement as they celebrated their spiritual journey with Rampa. But quickly, Rampa's musings on the connection between consciousness and quantum physics transformed into something much more sinister. Rampa's deep voice disappeared. It was just Jay-Z speaking now. She shouted words of hate and disparagement about Jewish people, Mexicans, Catholics, homosexuals, and even organic farmers. While the crowd seemed receptive to Jay-Z's rant, once her words reached the outside world, she faced a backlash that threatened to destroy her entire empire. Hi, I'm Greg Polson. And I'm Vanessa Richardson. And this is Cults, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we look at a cult's practices, their leader, and their followers. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Last week, we followed Judy Knight as she tapped into her connection with the spirit world and met Ramtha, an ancient warrior. From there, she laid the groundwork for a religious empire where she took on the moniker Jay-Z. Today, we'll continue to examine Jay-Z's success as a New Age leader and businesswoman. We'll discuss allegations of mistreatment made by former members and detail the release of a shocking video that opened the floodgates for more accusations of abuse. We have all that coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by The Weather Channel. The key to solving any mystery? Smart decisions based on the facts. In the case of the weather's effect on your well-being, turn to the Weather Channel app. It clues you in on how weather shapes your mood, health, and productivity with insights built on reliable forecast data to help you thrive. Because mystery belongs in true crime, not weather. Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app. Hi, I'm Blair. Want to hear something scary? Join me as I read the creepiest urban legends, folk tales, and ghost stories that I learn on my travels around the world and that we receive from listeners like you. But only if you think you can handle it. 
listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sweet screams. After Jay-Z's appearance on The Merv Griffin Show in 1985, the spiritual leader catapulted to national fame. She attracted thousands of students and even gained some celebrity followers, including actresses Salma Hayek, Linda Evans, and Shirley MacLaine. Likely to aid in the group's growth, Jay-Z developed a powerful business model. She released books, CDs, and videos detailing the teachings of the ancient being she channeled, Ramtha. She taught students to create their own realities and find the God within, using certain breathing techniques and mental exercises. Jay-Z claimed adherents could achieve enlightenment with regular practice. But those who were interested in witnessing the power of Ramtha in person would have to pay a hefty fee. Events reportedly cost anywhere from $100 for a channeling session to $1,200 for more advanced multi-day retreats. Attendees were required to sign a confidentiality agreement before participating. With the profits she made from events and merchandise, Jay-Z became a multimillionaire. She went from living in a shack in Texas to owning a sprawling estate on the outskirts of Olympia, Washington. Through the teachings of Ramtha, Jay-Z showed students how to manifest the same kind of positive, radical change that she had achieved in her life. Jay-Z's patented Disciplines of Personal Change taught that breathing, visualization, and meditation were vital tools of transformation. The Disciplines of Personal Change consisted of 12 trademark mental exercises and techniques. C&E, a method of breathing, was the foundational discipline that helped students create a new reality. Jay-Z claimed that this approach helped students to shift to an analogical state of mind and create a new reality. As students mastered C and E, they also practiced other exercises. These included, quote, the tank, in which students navigated through a labyrinth blindfolded without touching the walls, only relying on their mind and intuition. But that wasn't where Jay-Z's teaching stopped. She seemed to believe that humans didn't need modern medicine to heal physical and mental illnesses. Some of her students even claimed to have cured themselves of cancer and improved their eyesight just by using the disciplines of personal change. Vanessa is going to take over on the psychology here and throughout the episode. Please note, Vanessa is not a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist, but we have done a lot of research for this show. Thanks, Greg. According to a 1980 article published in the International Journal of Health Services, it's difficult to accurately determine the efficacy of holistic therapy in curing disease. This difficulty arises because the data mostly comes from anecdotal evidence, like that of the RSE students we just mentioned. While we don't have concrete data on the success of certain holistic and natural treatments, we do have an idea of why people are drawn to these types of practices. The article explained that Often, the power of suggestion and belief play a dominant role in the therapy. Because of this, practitioners of holistic medicine tend to generate loyal followings. And with its emphasis on self-growth and self-actualization, natural medicine plays into the American mindset of self-started success. Jay-Z represented herself as someone who pulled herself up by her bootstraps. She inspired her followers to do the same. And when her own family members fell ill, she employed the same reliance on Ramtha's disciplines of personal change. 
1985, doctors diagnosed Jay-Z's husband, 29-year-old Jeff Knight, with HIV-AIDS. Jay-Z convinced him not to pursue medical treatment. Instead, she encouraged him to seek counsel from Ramtha. Using the voice of Ramtha, Jay-Z promised Jeff that he would have the ability to heal himself. But over time, their marriage fell apart. After five years of marriage, the couple filed for divorce in 1989. After much back and forth, Jeff signed a $120,000 settlement, a fraction of what Jay-Z had accumulated while they were together. Jeff seemed unhappy with this relatively meager sum, but appeared too sick to retaliate. However, three years later, Jeff sued Jay-Z for a bigger divorce settlement. He claimed that he'd signed the previous contract while under the influence of Ramtha. Jeff explained that he'd agreed to the settlement because he wanted Ramtha's protection from AIDS. He feared that if he didn't comply with Jay-Z's wishes, she would keep Ramtha and his healing from him. However, Jeff never heard the court's decision. He died of AIDS-related illnesses in 1994. It seemed that Jay-Z spent little to no time mourning Jeff's death. Instead, she fortified her empire by establishing an umbrella corporation that the Ramtha School of Enlightenment resided under. It was also around this time that Jay-Z started encouraging her followers to live off the grid. Jay-Z said cities were at risk of being destroyed by imminent natural disasters like flooding and drought, as well as rampant disease and dangerous criminals. Jay-Z instructed students to move to higher ground and learn to grow and harvest food. Adherents were encouraged to store enough of these supplies to last at least two years. Though it's hard to say how many followers took Jay-Z's advice, it seemed that in attempting to cut off some of her students from the rest of the world, Jay-Z could maintain more control over their thoughts and actions. Though none of Jay-Z's predicted natural disasters materialized, that didn't shake Jay-Z's followers' faith or phase her. Instead, in 1995, Jay-Z further strategized her growth. She increased her involvement in the local community by creating the Jay-Z Knight Humanities Foundation. It's possible that Jay-Z hoped to establish herself as an influential community member. This would help protect her from any potential outside skepticism in the future that could slow her growth or further harm her reputation. Her nonprofit gave away over $1 million in college scholarships to local graduating high school seniors. The group also donated to other Washington-based education nonprofits. While some people inevitably left RSE over the years, others discovered the group and the number of adherents grew. Many of them uprooted their lives and moved to Yelm, Washington to be near Jay-Z and the RSE campus. It's estimated that in 1997, more than 1,000 followers had made the migration to the region. Given RSE's growth, many outsiders became curious about the group. In 1996, Jay-Z sponsored a conference at her campus, inviting an array of scholars to study her group. One sociologist discovered that 80% of surveyed Jay-Z followers were highly educated, middle-aged women. Other experts were interested in Jay-Z's supposed spiritual connection to Ramtha. One parapsychologist carried out an in-depth study of Jay-Z as she channeled Ramtha. He examined changes in Jay-Z's heart rate, muscle tension, and skin moisture, as well as blood volume, pulse, and skin temperature. He was shocked by the results. Jay-Z exhibited real physiological changes when she channeled Ramtha. 
It suggested that her spiritual connection was more than a delusion. While Jay-Z showed some signs of actual change during her channelings, some on the research team said their results raised some important questions. A professor of Jungian psychology wondered if Ramtha was a product of Knight's own dysfunctional psyche, and more importantly, he questioned whether Ramtha was a good or an evil influence on Jay-Z and her students. While the results were far from conclusive, in JC's mind, the conference and studies confirmed her gift once and for all. With this boost to her confidence, JC decided to extend Rampa's power even further, this time to the world of Hollywood. But Ramtha's heightened profile would bring unwanted attention to JC and RSE. Coming up, a disturbing story out of South Africa is linked to JC and an unruly Ramtha ritual is caught on tape. Once upon a time, I thought I met Mr. Wright. The only problem, he was a huge liar. You were going out of your mind because you couldn't figure it out. I'm Abby Ellen. Join me as I tell the story of one con man who entangled his lovers, friends, co-workers, family, and me in an identity fraud scheme that stretched all the way to the Pentagon. Season two of Imposters, The Commander, a Spotify original from Parcast, premieres Monday, September 13th. Follow and listen exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. By 2004, 58-year-old Jay-Z Knight had a New Age empire and thousands of followers. However, she wanted to expand her reach, so she hatched a plan to spread her message further. She and a group of her followers decided to make a film. Directed by three of her followers, the independent movie What the Bleep Do We Know combined documentary and science fiction as the audience followed a woman who navigated personal trauma. The woman's fictional story was interspersed among interviews with esteemed scientists and New Age pseudo-experts. These interviewees discussed the relationship between quantum physics, consciousness, and manifesting new realities. What the film's audience didn't know was that these were all key tenets of Jay-Z's teachings. They were being primed to receive her message. The film included interviews with reputable sources, such as David Albert, a physics professor at Columbia University. However, some of the other interviewees turned out to be high-ranking RSE members. One of them was Michal Ledwith, a former Catholic priest who almost became the Archbishop of Dublin before being accused of sexual assault. One of the featured interviewees was even Jay-Z Knight herself, though she was credited as Ramtha. The choice to omit Jay-Z's identity and explain her belief that she was channeling another entity seemed purposeful. By doing this, the filmmakers granted Jay-Z the same credibility as the handful of respected scientists who appeared in the movie. Essentially, What the Bleep Do We Know served as a covert advertisement for RSE. Unfortunately for Jay-Z, the movie was largely rebuffed by critics. 
However, it was a modest success. It grossed $16 million worldwide on a $5 million budget. Not everyone featured in the film had kind things to say after its release. Professor Albert accused the filmmakers of inaccurately representing his beliefs. He said producers heavily edited his interview to make it seem like he was linking quantum mechanics and consciousness to support Jay-Z's teachings. Despite the critical dismissal and Albert's accusations, Jay-Z and RSE faced little blowback for their attempt to reach potential converts. Instead, over the next few years, Jay-Z carried on hosting workshops and seminars at RSE. She traveled around the country giving lectures, gaining new followers, and burning bridges with those less faithful who left along the way. But that all came to a head in 2007. That year, a group of former RSE students decided to speak up against Jay-Z. David McCarthy was an RSE member for seven years. He'd uprooted his life to follow Jay-Z, moving to the town of Yelm, Washington from New Zealand. David called Jay-Z a spiritual predator and alleged that as an RSE student, he lived in a world of intimidation and mind control. David also accused Jay-Z of quietly espousing other, more outlandish beliefs that weren't advertised anywhere on RSE's website. He said they were taught that Jehovah would return to Earth via a spaceship with a group of lizard people. According to David, Jay-Z said these lizard people would eat humans who weren't protected by Ramtha. David's confessions gained popularity among former RSE students. Other ex-members followed suit, and by the start of 2008, they had created Life After RSE, or LARS, an extension of David's website. One member of RSC, 47-year-old Carrie Conga, said she was shocked when she first came across the forum. As she perused the website, she had a terrifying revelation. She'd been under the spell of a charlatan for the last 19 years of her life. After having her eyes opened by the website, she left RSC. Shortly after, she started treatment for anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder. Like Carrie, many former cult members report psychological trauma after leaving their group. In the article, The Treatment of Cult Victims, John G. Clark and Michael D. Lanzoni explain that ex-cult members usually exhibit such symptoms as depression, guilt, serious deficiencies in decision-making and information processing, volatile emotions, anger towards the cult, and a tendency to slip into dissociative states. The authors note, however, that these symptoms are usually due to the shock of re-entering mainstream society and not underlying psychological illness. In the case of RSC, Jay-Z firmly denied the online allegations and instead insisted these attacks were financially motivated. Jay-Z claimed her accusers had charged ex-members huge fees as a part of a recovery process, but David, in turn, called her assertions absurd. Likely sensing a growing wave of criticism, Jay-Z attempted to remind the community of her many positive contributions. In 2008, she launched a campaign highlighting RSE's economic importance to the county. She made a special note of the educational support she'd provided over the years through the Jay-Z Knight Humanities Foundation. However, Jay-Z's efforts seemed to have little effect. Local newspapers seized on the new online information and published articles criticizing Jay-Z and RSE's actions on their isolated campus. 
Jay-Z had no way of retaliating against the online forums and their members who posted as they pleased, but she could protect her Ramtha dominion from fellow spiritual teachers. That same year, Jay-Z got wind of a local woman, White Wind Weaver, who'd used some of the techniques she'd learned at RSC in her teachings. Jay-Z immediately sued the one-time student for appropriating her wisdom. The Thurston County Superior Court quickly ruled that Weaver violated the terms of a registration form she'd signed at RSE. The court awarded Jay-Z $10,000 in damages. With this legal win under her belt, 62-year-old Jay-Z tried once more to strategically improve RSE's standing in the community. Later in 2008, she made her first contribution to Yelm's local Democratic Party. In an attempt to move on from the online allegations, Jay-Z continued hosting events, giving lectures, and sharing the wisdom of Ramtha with others. Over the next three years, the news cycle spun on, and Jay-Z and RSE largely avoided more negative press. It seems like Jay-Z had weathered the storm and finally succeeded in quieting the uproar. But that calm couldn't last. In January 2011, media reports from the other side of the world thrust Jay-Z into the spotlight once again. That month, a French couple in South Africa shot a police officer who searched their farmhouse for illegal firearms. Rather than face the consequences, they went on the run. While investigating the scene of the shooting, authorities located a large collection of guns, stockpiled food, survivalist books, and writings from RSE. The couple, 60-year-old Philippe Menier and 55-year-old Agnes Yardell, had joined RSE in 1997 and, at the behest of Jay-Z's teachings, moved to the rural farming town of Sutherland, South Africa. There, they lived off the grid and spent most of their time preparing for the end of the world, as predicted by Ramtha. However, after the confrontation, authorities were on the hunt. After a six-day search that involved 100 tracker dogs and multiple helicopters, officials found the couple. When police cornered Philippe and Agnes, the couple committed suicide. Upon hearing about the events, Jay-Z and RSE officials were quick to distance their school from the couple. Jay-Z put out a press release stating that RSE hadn't had contact with the couple since 2004. She said that attempts to link them to the school were, quote, preposterous and maintained that RSE wasn't a doomsday cult despite her previous teachings. In typical Jay-Z fashion, she brushed off the incident and continued life as usual, welcoming more students to her secluded sanctuary for expensive events. In March of 2011, hundreds of loyal followers ascended the winding foothills of Olympia. Eventually, they arrived at a large, gated estate. Behind the lumbering metal barrier stood the Ramtha School of Enlightenment. There lay the promise of supernatural healing and ancient wisdom. Attendees left the world behind as they were led to the converted horse arena where Jay-Z delivered the word of Ramtha. The revered leader stood on stage, her head bowed in meditation. A few moments later, Jay-Z slowly lifted her eyes. The petite, blonde, 65-year-old woman in the billowing black robe seemed to grow larger. Her chest puffed up and her jaw bulged. As she spoke, her voice sounded different too. A deep, manly sound replaced Jay-Z's feminine drawl. Ramtha had arrived. 
Brantha's students were there for one of RSC's most secretive events, the wine ceremony. According to Ramtha, aliens brought wine grapes to Earth 450,000 years ago. Students honor this extraterrestrial gift by drinking gallons of red wine in sync with Jay-Z and Ramtha, in what journalist Susie Buchanan called a spiritual drinking game. Through the voice of Ramtha, Jay-Z spoke of consciousness and quantum physics. She espoused kindness and acceptance and urged students to find the God within themselves. All the while, she guzzled her wine and encouraged the audience to do the same. Over the next few hours, however, Ramtha's rich baritone gradually disappeared. Jay-Z's voice returned as her musings on the greater meaning of life devolved into a string of incoherent ramblings. The adored leader was visibly drunk. Soon, Jay-Z's words of love had transformed into heated words of hatred. She spewed anti-Semitic remarks about Jewish people as some audience members laughed in agreement. She shouted racist declarations about Mexican families. But Jay-Z didn't stop there. She also disparaged homosexuals and Catholics. She even threw organic farmers into the mix as she derided their supposed lack of hygiene. This went on for 16 hours, and despite Jay-Z's best efforts to keep what went on behind closed doors a secret, one of the attendees filmed the entire thing. Coming up, Jay-Z's drunken tirade lands RSE in hot water. Now back to the story. In 2011, 65-year-old Jay-Z Knight, the CEO and founder of the Ramtha School of Enlightenment, tried to recover from a barrage of bad press. In March of that year, RSE held a clandestine wine ceremony for its followers. But the ritual became much more malevolent as Jay-Z shouted racist comments and homophobic slurs. And Jay-Z's offending tirade would live on forever thanks to one attendee who recorded the whole thing. In October of 2012, Virginia Coverdale, a former RSE member, got her hands on the ceremony recording. Virginia then released the incriminating video to the public, posting it on YouTube. David McCarthy, who started the anti-RSE website, also shared the video, and a think tank called Freedom Foundation spread the message further. The response from the local community was swift and damning. Dozens of articles were published condemning Jay-Z and RSE. Residents questioned whether or not their strange but seemingly innocuous neighborhood sect was actually a hate group. Jay-Z's reaction to the video was equally rapid and robust. She utilized her ample wealth to hire lawyers to sue Virginia. Although Virginia hadn't attended the event herself, Jay-Z's lawyers alleged that Virginia had breached a contract of confidentiality she'd signed when she was a member. While it appeared that Virginia wanted to expose Jay-Z for not practicing what they preached, Jay-Z maintained that Virginia's actions were more about settling a personal vendetta. Though the facts are far from clear, Jay-Z claimed that in 2008, she expelled Virginia from the group after finding out she'd had an affair with Jay-Z's boyfriend. It appeared, though, that Jay-Z's attempts to discredit Virginia fell on deaf ears. The video spoke for itself. It was clear to everyone that Jay-Z's words were authentic. As a result, Jay-Z's relationship with Yelm's political organizations was damaged. In 2012, the year the video was posted, 
Jay-Z had donated $70,000 to state Democrats and another $900 to President Obama's re-election campaign. However, following the video's release, Yelm Republicans urged their Democratic counterparts to renounce the contributions they'd received from Jay-Z. Jay-Z was livid. She swore that the video posted by Virginia was heavily edited and inaccurate. She also used her teachings to shield herself by pointing out that it wasn't her who was speaking during the ceremony, it was Ramtha. A spokesperson for RSC said that while Jay-Z was a progressive liberal Democrat, Ramtha wasn't political. Thus, his views on political issues shouldn't be construed as Jay-Z's. Despite Jay-Z's attempts to smooth things over, the Democratic candidates eventually obliged and gave the campaign contributions to local charities. One of the recipients, Councilwoman Sandra Romero, vowed to never take another donation from Jay-Z. While Jay-Z struggled to fix the broader issues impacting her, she continued her legal crusade against Virginia. In 2013, a Thurston County judge sided with Jay-Z ruling that Virginia had illegally disseminated proprietary videos on YouTube without RSE's permission. The courts awarded Jay-Z approximately $600,000, and the videos were removed from YouTube. The case wasn't over, though. Virginia countered the ruling and filed for voluntary bankruptcy, stating she couldn't pay the fees. But Jay-Z was unsatisfied and filed yet another lawsuit in response. As Jay-Z's case went to court once more, the spiritual leader turned her attention to winning back influence in the Democratic Party in a likely effort to buy influence and protection. In October 2013, she tested the waters by donating $500 to the Thurston County Democratic Central Committee. She waited for a negative response that never came. Feeling confident, Jay-Z upped the ante. In February 2014, she donated $50,000 to the Democratic Committee and another $15,000 in March. For Jay-Z, the coast seemed clear for a comeback. Despite the bad press Jay-Z had received, she still had a substantial following of an estimated 26,000 students worldwide. That year, Jay-Z planned on visiting eight countries, enlightening followers from South Korea to Brazil. But then, the group faced another scandal. In April of 2014, a letter sent to the Thurston County Health Department from a worried physician leaked to the press. In the letter, the doctor said he treated RSE members who claimed they were encouraged to drink lye. Former member Virginia Coverdale confirmed the allegations. She said that students were told that regularly drinking a mixture of dead seawater and red devil lye would help them achieve enlightenment. Unsurprisingly, Jay-Z adamantly denied the claims, dismissing them as hearsay. A spokesperson for Jay-Z said they would be filing a complaint with the Washington State Medical Board for a breach of doctor-patient confidentiality. But nothing seemed to come out of the letter or Jay-Z's promised actions. And then Jay-Z faced another setback. On April 29, 2014, reports of Jay-Z's recent $65,000 contribution went public, sparking concerns from locals. This time, however, the Democrats sang a different tune. Those who vehemently opposed Jay-Z's 2012 contributions refused to give away her latest gift. Even Councilwoman Romero, who had pledged to refuse any future donations from Jay-Z, made a point to backtrack on her previous comments. 
she insisted that Jay-Z had been falsely portrayed and was not a bigot. Just as before, the firestorm didn't last long, and Jay-Z and her movement soldiered on. In 2015, Jay-Z worked to move RSE past the many controversies that had plagued them for the last few years. That year, the school held over 100 worldwide events, with approximately 20,000 registered attendees. As a shrewd businesswoman, Jay-Z continued holding live seminars and workshops at RSE. She also routinely posted recorded lectures and prophecies from Rampha on the RSC website. Then in 2016, Jay-Z and RSE announced another Rampha world tour. This time, Jay-Z and her senior team traveled to four nations, including Italy and Taiwan, while other RSE teachers visited an additional 18 countries. But then something curious happened. In December 2016, a month after the election, Jay-Z dressed in a pantsuit and puffed on a tobacco pipe as she delivered Ramtha's latest prophecy. As she spoke in Ramtha's magisterial voice, she announced that Donald Trump was always destined to win the presidential race. When Jay-Z channeled Ramtha, he attacked the Clinton Foundation and accused the FBI of leaking Democratic Party documents. He cheered on Trump and said the president-elect would be protected by UFOs as he flew in his private jet. Although Jay-Z didn't vote for Trump in 2016, she viewed his candidacy as, quote, purposeful good and said he offered a dynamic perspective. During a summer 2017 gathering, Jay-Z got even more political as she proclaimed that the government was hiding information from its citizens. She claimed humans were unable to see the otherworldly creatures and objects around them because of the suppression of knowledge. Jay-Z discussed the various species of aliens and extraterrestrials, including lizard people and other artificial beings who were in cahoots with the government. These seemingly absurd proclamations were nothing new to the audience of mostly ardent believers. They stuck with her through it all. Her following remained steady, and the local concerns about RSC seemed to have faded back into curiosity. The last thing standing in her way was the ongoing lawsuit with former student Virginia Coverdale. And Jay-Z didn't have to wait much longer to learn the outcome. In December 2017, a high-ranking judge blindsided Jay-Z by ruling in Virginia's favor. After five years and hundreds of thousands of dollars, the courts awarded Jay-Z nothing in her pursuit to bring Ramtha justice. Jay-Z's first major legal defeat delivered a harrowing blow to the litigious leader. The ruling ignited a fire in Jay-Z, and over the next two years, her political beliefs shifted dramatically. The longtime Democrat developed a profound connection with the QAnon community. At the time, this group believed in a conspiracy that President Trump was fighting to rid the country of Democratic, Satan-worshipping pedophiles. The psychological profile of many hardcore QAnon followers is similar to that of those who join cults like RSE. According to Dr. Joseph Pierre, a professor of psychiatry, individuals who join cults are more likely to suffer from anxiety, depression, and feelings of isolation than other members of society. Oftentimes, cultic groups offer the emotional and group affiliation that these folks are looking for. Anecdotal research indicates that QAnon followers join the movement for similar reasons, seeking out a sense of purpose and belonging. 
When considering the group in this context, it makes sense that many in the QAnon community found a kinship with Jay-Z and her followers in RSE. Jay-Z likely recognized this special relationship and decided to capitalize on it. In 2018, RSE embedded subtle pro-QAnon messaging within the school's website to draw new followers. And by 2019, those subtle hints became unmistakable support. Rantha declared that Q was a divine intelligence who worked to eradicate the evil networks running the world. As RSE openly advocated for Q, QAnon supporters traveled to Yelm. In 2019, Jay-Z invited well-known QAnon personalities to give guest lectures at the RSE campus. She applied her expert enterprising skills and found a way to capitalize on Rampa's newfound group of supporters. Jay-Z sold $100 tickets to hear these divisive figures speak and began selling QAnon merchandise on RSE's website. Jay-Z didn't publicly explain why she shifted political allegiances so suddenly, but perhaps it's because many of QAnon's core beliefs aligned with Ramtha's teachings and predictions over the years. Ramtha's previous insistence that followers should live off the grid closely aligned with Q's edict that governments couldn't be trusted. Both groups focused on taking back control from a supposed enemy, whether that was in a spiritual or physical plane. Jay-Z's affinity for QAnon translated into financial support for President Trump. From 2019 to 2020, Jay-Z donated approximately $70,000 to GOP-affiliated groups, as well as the Trump re-election campaign. By the time of the 2020 election, Jay-Z's political beliefs finally aligned with Ramtha's. She no longer worried about maintaining the support of Washington State Democrats. She now had new, unshakable backers and seemed firm in her conviction that re-electing President Trump was the only path to true salvation for the human race. Then it unraveled. On November 5th, 2020, Joe Biden took the lead over Trump in key states needed to nab the presidency. That evening, Jay-Z posted a message on the conservative social media app Parler, calling on President Trump to take military action against what she viewed as widespread voter fraud. It's unclear if any of Jay-Z's words spurred her followers into action, but since then, Jay-Z has largely stayed out of the media. RSE continues to update its website, creating new events and posting Ramtha's teachings. They still offer a variety of QAnon merchandise for sale. For over 30 years, Jay-Z Knight has managed to weather media storms and intense controversies. Through her instincts as a shrewd and powerful businesswoman, she's fortified the multi-million dollar empire she built using Ramtha. Today, RSE continues to attract new followers from around the world, and Jay-Z seems unstoppable. Thanks again for tuning into Cults. We'll be back next week with a new episode. For more information on Jay-Z Knight and RSC, amongst the many sources we used, we found the Southern Poverty Law Center's report on RSC, Rampa Riled, extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll see you next time. Cults is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Michael Motion, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. 
This episode of Cults was written by Natalie Pertsovsky, with writing assistance by Robert Tyler Walker, fact-checking by Claire Cronin, and research by Brian Petrus and Chelsea Wood. Cults stars Greg Polson and Vanessa Richardson. 